That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Thursday, June 11th, 2020. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, it's Regulation News Day. The EU might be about to file antitrust charges against Amazon, and California officially labeled Uber and Lyft workers as employees. Amazon also hit pause on its facial recognition tech as it waits for Congress to set some ground rules. Photoshop Camera is an interesting app, and Postman is an interesting raise. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Sources are telling the Wall Street Journal that the European Union is planning on filing formal antitrust charges against Amazon for scooping up data from third-party sellers and using that information, allegedly, to compete with them. Quote, The charges could be officially filed as early as next week or the week after, one of the people said. The European Commission, the bloc's top antitrust regulator, has been honing its case, and the case team has been circulating a draft of the charge sheet for a couple of months, another person said. The formal charges would be the Commission's latest step in a nearly two-year probe into Amazon's alleged mistreatment of sellers that use its platform. The charges, called a statement of objections, stem from Amazon's dual role as a marketplace operator and a seller of its own products, the people said. In them, the EU accuses Amazon of scooping up data from third-party sellers and using that information to compete against them, for instance, by launching similar products, end quote. Actually, you might remember that it was a Wall Street Journal investigation in April that accused Amazon of using data from sellers to develop its own in-house private label products. Apparently, it could take as long as a year or more for the commission to decide if Amazon indeed broke any laws, even after they formally file. But if found guilty, the commission could fine Amazon as much as 10% of its annual revenue and force it to change the way it does business. Staying with Amazon for a second, the company says that it will also ban police from using its recognition facial recognition technology, for one year while it waits for Congress to pass regulations around the use of facial recognition tech more generally. Quoting CNBC, We've advocated that governments should put in place stronger regulations to govern the ethical use of facial recognition technology, and in recent days, Congress appears ready to take on this challenge, Amazon said in a statement. We hope this one-year moratorium might give Congress enough time to implement appropriate rules, and we stand ready to help if requested, end quote. While the House Committee on Oversight and Reform has held a number of hearings on the use of facial recognition technology, it is yet to introduce a bill regulating the technology. Representative Jimmy Gomez of California, who serves on the committee, told CNBC in a phone interview he is hopeful Congress will pass a bill this year. It's a good first step, but it's still not enough, said Representative Gomez of Amazon's announcement. They're saying, we've been asking Congress to put guardrails on the use of this technology, but every time we tried to get more and more data, they stalled, and we had to have hearings to make movement on the issue, end quote. Gomez says the committee has been seeking more information about the technology and to whom Amazon sells it, end quote. And more from the regulators. The California Public Utilities Commission has formally ruled that it considers 
Uber and Lyft drivers to be employees of those companies under the newly enacted state law known as AB5, quoting NBC News. The finding, first reported by the San Francisco Chronicle, came as part of an 18-page document that covers a host of other upcoming rulemaking as it pertains to these types of companies, which are known in the state as transportation networking companies, or TNCs. For now, it's not clear what practical difference this ruling defining drivers as employees makes, given the company's longstanding resistance to reclassifying the backbone of their workforce. However, last week, the California regulator also issued a formal reminder to the companies that they had to provide workers' compensation for their employees by July 1st, and under state law could consider revoking the company's relevant operating authority if they did not comply. Last month, Attorney General Xavier Becerra and the city attorneys from San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Diego sued over the company's alleged non-compliance with AB5, end quote. Uber and Lyft have not commented on the ruling, as far as I could find at the time of this writing, so we don't know if they intend to abide by that July 1st deadline, which is, of course, not that far away. And following up to confirm that indeed... JustEatTakeaway.com officially confirmed that it is acquiring Grubhub in an all-stock deal that has an equity value of around $7.3 billion. Quoting Bloomberg, Amsterdam-based Just Eat Takeaway said it will pay $75.15 per share for Grubhub in an all-stock deal. Grubhub's share price rose 4% in extended trading to about $62, while the European company fell 13%. The deal sidelines Uber, which had been in acquisition talks with Grubhub for months. Political pressure raised questions about whether U.S. regulators would approve such a deal. The two companies had nearly aligned on price, but remained at odds over other issues, including terms of a breakup fee for Grubhub if the deal couldn't be completed, people familiar with the matter said last month. Grubhub will launch Just Eat Takeaway into the U.S. market, broadening its already global reach that includes Australia, Brazil, and Canada, in addition to its home base in Europe. Jitsi Grohn, the Dutch billionaire who created Takeaway in 2000 in his university dorm room, has been looking to expand aggressively over the last year. Less than two months ago, Takeaway received antitrust clearance from the UK for its $8 billion acquisition of Just Eat, end quote. Now, if you were paying attention, you'll note that the rise in Grubhub share price did not quite meet the price that Just Eat was willing to pay as an acquisition. That's apparently because the markets and analysts expect that this might not be the end of the story. Many people expect other players to perhaps launch their own bids for Grubhub, so maybe watch this space. And I'm not sure how much this is a meaningful story, but, you know, round numbers and all, I guess it's worth keeping track of just for keeping track purposes, but Apple and Microsoft yesterday officially became the first U.S. companies to reach a market cap of $1.5 trillion. Apple shares hit $352 yesterday, up from their March low of $229. And by the way, since we're keeping score, Amazon also hit a record stock high yesterday, reaching a market valuation of $1.3 trillion, while Alphabet topped the trillion-dollar mark for the first time since February. Though no doubt all are down a bit today, as the market seems to have noticed that the coronavirus is not exactly going away. Amid the protests and increased conversations, even in tech circles surrounding questions of race, a movement is swelling again to update widely used tech terms 
such as whitelist, blacklist, and master-slave. Doing away with such questionable terms has been suggested before, but perhaps in this moment there's a greater support for updating things generally. Quoting CNET, The terms master and slave, used to describe the relationships between two computer hard drives and or between two camera flashes, have come under scrutiny because of their association with America's history of slavery. Similarly, whitelist and blacklist, terms for allowing and denying access to a service, are being revisited because of their potentially racial overtones. Quote, I refuse to use whitelist, blacklist, or master-slave terminology for computers. Join me. Words matter, tweeted Leah Culver, co-founder of the Breaker podcast app and co-author of the widely used OAuth sign-on technology. More than 16,000 people liked her tweet. Photographer Teresa Baer expressed a similar sentiment on the Petapixel photo site, writing that it's time to, quote, make way for our Black community by banishing the use of master and slave to refer to how flashes are controlled. Can you imagine being on set with a Black human and the photographer yells to the assistant, hey, can you put on slave mode, Baer asked? Other terms proposed for sunsetting include white hat and black hat, with ethical and unethical suggested as replacements, end quote. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months. Or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride, collide.com slash ride. In 2023, just 10 vulnerabilities accounted for over half of the incidents responded to by our sponsors today, Arctic Wolf Incident Response. Wouldn't you love to know how to take these vulnerabilities off the table and make life more difficult for cybercriminals? That's just one of the essential insights you'll find inside the Arctic Wolf Labs 2024 Threats Report, authored by their elite team of security researchers, data scientists, and security development engineers, and backed by the data gained from trillions of weekly observations within thousands of unique environments. This report offers expert analysis into attack types, root causes, top vulnerabilities, TTPs, and more. Discover the attack vectors behind nearly half of all successful cybercrimes, why ransom demands climbed 20% from 2023, and find out why 2024 will be an especially volatile year for cybersecurity. Learn more and get your copy now at arcticwolf.com forward slash tech meme. That's arcticwolf.com forward slash tech meme. Adobe has launched Photoshop Camera, a free app with a whole bunch of elaborate 
face filters, which use its Sensei AI to recognize subjects and suggest filters. It's available right now on iOS and on recent Pixel, Galaxy, and OnePlus phones. Quoting The Verge, Photoshop camera has little to do with Photoshop beyond the fact that Both have to do with photos, and both of them are apps. You can do some basic photo editing here, adjust contrast, exposure, saturation, and so on, but mostly you're meant to snap a picture, filter it, and leave. If you want to make adjustments, there's a magic wand button that automatically dials in changes for you so you don't have to worry about the actual settings. The app can't record video, which is too bad because the effects would be pretty fun. And Photoshop Camera really is a fun app to play around with. When you open it, you'll find a half a dozen or so filter options, most of which have a bunch of variations you can swipe between. One of my favorites, the Spectrum Filter, has different versions that can split your image across multiple color spectrums, drop you into some geometric void, or cover you with glitched-out stripes. Some others, like the Food Filter, seem to just be bland color filters without much special going on. But the face filters tend to get pretty elaborate. Adobe intends to add more filters over time, some of which will come in partnership with specific artists and creators. At launch, there are a handful of collaborations, including one with Billie Eilish that makes skies look eerie and rains her blush logo down on you. Creators can't sell those right now, but Parnisa said that, quote, you can imagine a world where there will be special purposed lenses directly monetized around events or venues, end quote. Interesting raise Thursday. Postman helps developers build, test, and iterate their APIs. And Postman has raised a $150 million Series C led by Insight Partners at a $2 billion valuation, quoting VentureBeat. Founded out of India in 2014, Postman has built an API development platform used by more than 11 million developers and 500,000 companies, including Shopify, Box, Intuit, and Microsoft. APIs are what enable different pieces of software to integrate and talk to each other. They are the cornerstone of most modern apps, allowing companies to add extra utility without having to build the functionality from scratch. Companies have built substantial businesses off the back of APIs, including the likes of Twilio and tech juggernauts such as Google. Recent reports suggest demand for APIs has spiked during the COVID-19 crisis. Rapid API, an API marketplace that last month raised $25 million from big-name backers including Microsoft's M12 and Andreessen Horowitz, said it has seen a significant developer response to the global pandemic, with users turning to its marketplace to integrate relevant coronavirus APIs into their own applications. Without divulging specific figures, Postman CEO and co-founder Abhinav Asana said the company had also seen record API usage during the coronavirus outbreak. Postman adopts an API-first ethos, so APIs are created at the start of a software project rather than tacked on at the end. This helps ensure that an API is compatible with all the devices and platforms it needs to communicate with. Postman offers an environment where API producers and consumers can work together on APIs, garnering feedback throughout the development process. It also integrates with many of the common cloud communication and coding tools that developers use, including GitHub, GitLab, Bitbucket, Dropbox, Datadog, Slack, and Microsoft Teams, end quote. Finally today, tech companies having their own venture arms is nothing new, and in fact is quite common. Microsoft, Google, Qualcomm, everybody's got one. Intel was actually among the first in the early 90s. If you're curious about the history of that, I once did an Internet History Podcast interview with the guy who launched Intel Capital, Avram Miller. Look that up. But today I learned that, until today, 
Facebook has never had its own venture arm. Sources are telling Axios that Facebook is establishing a venture arm to invest in startups, and, quote, Facebook posted a job opening recently saying it was looking to hire a head of investments for its new product experimentation, or NPE, team, ideally someone with 10 years of tech experience. In this role, you will manage a multi-million dollar fund that invests in leading private companies alongside top venture capital firms and angel investors, Facebook said in the now-deleted job posting. You will develop investment and impact theses, lead the execution of new investments and support existing portfolio companies as needed, end quote. Facebook confirmed to Axios that it has hired someone to fill that role, but declined to name the person or say how large the fund would be. Also helping to manage the new fund is Shabi Rizvi, a Google and Kleiner Perkins veteran who was most recently at Gradient Ventures, one of the corporate venture firms owned by Alphabet, Google's parent company. A source familiar with the company's plans said the effort is not a general purpose fund, but rather a targeted effort to stay in close touch with the startup world. Facebook characterized the effort as an extension of the work it has done in the past with startup accelerators and hackathons, end quote. Back in 2003-ish, when I got my first iPod, I filled it with a whole ton of Howard Stern Show recordings that I found on Usenet newsgroups. Like, some dude had dumped every Stern Show episode from, like, 1989 through 2002, and I scooped them all up, and I listened to them all for about half a decade. I actually missed out on the early years of podcasting because I didn't need podcasting at the time. I had all those back Stern Show episodes. Well, this is not that, but over the weekend, I stumbled across the Entourage-a-thon on YouTube. Five years ago, Gil Ozeri did a stunt where he watched every single episode of the show Entourage all in a row without sleep, and he videotaped it, or I guess live-streamed it. All his friends stopped by to help, which basically meant that every single famous comedian in L.A. showed up over the course of a weekend. I actually remember watching the live stream at the time, and it was legitimately one of the funniest things I have ever encountered, so I was thrilled to find that it still exists. All 50 hours of the Entourage-a-thon are on YouTube. I burned them to audio and put them on my phone, and all week I've just been blissing out every chance I get. So I'm behind on my podcast listening again this week, but who cares? Because the Entourage-a-thon is literally perfect. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>